Hello and welcome back to the Journal of Ithacos podcast with its first edition in 2021. My name is Dr. Andres Foss and together with Dr. Manos Briakis, we're more than happy to have Dr. Alessandro Marinelli from Bologna, Italy with us. He is the corresponding author for one of the latest published articles in the Journal of Ithacos entitled Treatment of Elbow Instability, State-of-the-Art Treatment. And he will be available for a couple of questions. So, um, Alessandro, um, maybe you can just present yourself in a short way. Hi, Andreas. Thank you. My name is uh, Alessandro Marinelli. I work in Italy in the shoulder and elbow unit of uh, the Rizzoli Orthopedic Institute of Bologna. In our department, we treat uh, sports medicine, replacement and trauma in shoulder and, uh, and elbow joints. I would like to thank Isaacos for, and you, Andreas, for the opportunity to present the paper about uh, treatment of elbow instability, state of the art, written with uh, Gregory Bain from the Flinders University uh, of Adelaide in Australia, Benjamin Graves from the Wake Forest University of uh, Winston-Salem in North Carolina, USA, and uh, Luigi Pedertini from the new Sassuolo Hospital of Modena in Italy. This paper has been for me a great opportunity provided by Isacos to interact and work closely together with expert elbow surgeons from different parts of the world. I thank Isacos for that. Alessandro, what was the background of your excellent manuscript about elbow instability? So, significant improvements in surgical elbow instability, classification, diagnosis and treatment have been recently introduced both for acute and chronic cases. With uh, the other authors, Greg, Luigi and Ben, and Ben, we felt the need to summarize in a systematic manner all the current and relevant knowledges of elbow instability recently introduced in the clinical practice. For example, specific stress tests have been recently developed and new imaging techniques are currently used for the assessment of the elbow stabilizers and detection of the instability direction and mechanism. Moreover, many surgical techniques have been recently standardized and the surgical instruments and devices specifically dedicated to elbow instability treatment have been recently developed and introduced in the clinical practice. Specific rehabilitation protocols have been designed to protect the healing of the elbow stabilizer while minimizing elbow stiffness. So, in such an innovative context, we have tried to summarize the state of the art of the treatment of elbow instability. Perfect. And as I what is the essential message of your manuscript? Maybe you can uh, tell us a little about that. So Andreas, the messages from the manuscript are several. One, elbow instability is more common than previously thought, and even mildly symptomatic elbows can hide subtle forms of instability. Another important message is that treatment of elbow instability presents a challenge to balance the opposing risks, persistent instability and progressive stiffness. 
Especially in severe forms, the treatment strategy requires an extensive anatomical and biomechanical knowledge to understand the complex interactions between the different stabilizers that are injured. In the paper, it has been pointed out that many surgical techniques have been recently standardized and surgical instruments and devices specifically dedicated to elbow instability treatment have been recently developed and introduced in the clinical practice. I recall that until few years ago, all the elbow surgeons were forced to use devices developed for knee and shoulder surgery. It's a fact that in the last 10 years, arthroscopic procedures in elbow instability have had an increasing role, both for diagnosis using effective dynamic tests and treatment with applications or ligament repairs. Another important message is that nowadays we have reached a good confidence in uh, level in elbow fracture fixation and bony healing. However, the biology of the soft tissue healing remains one of the most important aspects for future investigation. If future research will help us to understand, correct or modulate the biological response of soft tissue healing, our confidence in elbow instability management and the reproducibility of our treatment will greatly improve. Perfect, thank you. And uh, when reading through this very interesting manuscript, I came across the 4D CT and 4D MRIs. Can you please describe what we can expect from these modern techniques? Oh yes, the uh, 4D uh, computer tomography is a new dynamic diagnostic tool that can be used to evaluate motion during imaging, to assess a joint throughout its range of motion. The name is de derived from the addition of time as the fourth dimension to traditional 3D computer tomography. In a 4D CT, a computer tomography scan is performed and at the same time, the patient is required to perform one or more movements. Provocation tests of the joint can also be performed. The dynamic evaluation of joint kinematics makes it possible to unmask subtle instabilities which may occur only during motion, therefore identifying pathologies occurring only at the extremes of motion. Already two years ago, Professor Greg Bain, one of the co-authors of the paper, published a study about four-dimensional computer tomography scanning for dynamic wrist disorders. However, at the present, limitation to the use of 4D CT scan include lack of avail availability of the technology and potential radiation dose. However, however, we expect that in the near future, dynamic diagnostic modalities for DCT scan, dynamic MRI, and position sensing technologies for movement analysis will improve the novel insights into the pathophysiology of joint instability and will be more widely used to assess subtle joint instabilities. Thank you. This sounds very promising. I'm thinking about a lot of CTs, elbow CTs with a 90 degrees flexion. You always think it's a centered joint, but once you move it, you see the instability. And when you can show it on a CT, this would be very, very interesting. Yes, exactly. 
uh, in the article, uh, indications are presented to choose between conservative and circular treatment of the elbow dislocations. Can you maybe summarize the key points to choose between conservative and surgical treatment of the asymptomatic dislocation? This should be um, one of the key features of this podcast to um, also teach our younger research uh, uh, residents or residents in uh, orthopedic surgery. Oh yes, of course. The key point to choose between conservative or surgical treatment in simple elbow dislocation is to understand the amount of residual instability after the joint reduction. In the emergency department, the residual instability can be evaluated clinically and radiographically. After the reduction maneuver, the stability of the elbow should be assessed through a full range of motion. A radiographic examination permits to confirm that the joint congruency has been achieved. In case of doubt, a fluoroscopic control allows to evaluate if joint stability is influenced by forearm rotation. Especially in most severe cases, clinically, clinical examination and radiographs should be repeated at one week after reduction to rule out the rare but possible cases of redislocation. In case of a persistent drop sign, that is a radiographic warning sign of elbow instability, uh, represented by an increase in distance between the trochlea and olecranon occurring after joint reduction, there should be a low threshold to ask for a CT scan. Generally speaking, after reduction, most of the cases can be treated conservatively. The most severe cases, about 10%, are usually treated surgically. The cases that must be treated with the ligament repair are those where a complete stripping of all soft tissues, ligaments, capsules and tendons from the distal humerus produces an instability that is hard to control through forearm rotation or using a cast or a brace. So to recap, since the most common complication after an acute simple dislocation is elbow stiffness and not instability, there is still a current strong attitude to treat these lesions conservatively without surgical repair. The surgical treatment is mandatory in the following two clinical settings. Unreducible dislocation of the joint, 1% of cases or less, or inability to maintain the elbow sufficiently reduced, 10% of cases. In the paper, we reported our belief that uh, with better early detection of the most severe cases, including evaluation under anesthesia, X-ray uh, evaluation, CT scan or MRI when in doubt, it's probable that surgical indication for acute cases will increase in the future. Thank you, Alessandro. I think this is uh, a great uh, summary for our younger listener, how they can proceed uh, in the emergency department. So um, I'm very thankful for uh, your insights and about this great article with very, very impressive uh, figures and tables. So I think everyone interested in uh, shoulder surgery should, uh, should read your article. And if anyone wants to read, don't hesitate to go on the Journal of Isakos uh, website and you can then uh, search for the article 
from uh, Alessandro. Um, Alessandro, thanks again, once again, for, for your time and for your interview. And we also encourage you to join our social media activity on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. Thank you, Andreas. Thank you for the opportunity, even in behalf of uh, the other authors. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isakos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.